Hey, all right, guess what? It's Let's Talk About It, the mandated podcast show. Hey, I'm your host, Selwyn Robbins. Always glad to be back and energetic, ready, excited to have fun uh, speaking to you guys and gals. Ha <laughs> ha. Love it. I love it. I love it. I hope everyone has been blessed uh, since we last spoke. And man, I'm telling you, God is good. God is good. I, I just think I want to start it off that way. God is good. You know, today, um, as we were at church, the message was about Thanksgiving. The base of it was about Thanksgiving, but giving thanks in the forward, uh, meaning ahead of us. And, you know, it is so great to be able to thank God for what he has done in our past, what he's doing in our current time, but also what we know he has already done in the future, which has yet to be presented or manifested before our eyes. And I think we really forget about doing that. And part of the message was um, giving God thanks when he does it rather than before he does. And I want to say that is so um, critical that we're always giving God praise, always giving him our worship, always giving of ourselves beforehand. You know, we're such a society that needs to be applauded for every and any little thing that we do, but we don't give the same uh, degree of attention to God for him doing way more than we can ever ask or think, right? So I, I just want to open up with that. I pray that you have been thankful for the smallest thing that is in your hand right now. Um, thankful for the love of God that has been upon your life for X amount of days, weeks, months, or years. However long it has been that you have felt his presence in your life, in your life please give him time and just say thank you. From the bottom of your heart, thank you, Lord, for bringing me out of um, that dead life and one that has quickened me to a new life. Uh, Lord, thank you for the job that I have. I know it's hard to go there every day because there's so much mess going on, but thank you that you've given me something solid that I can take care of my home financially. Lord, thank you for a sound and a peaceful mind, Lord, with all the craziness going on, you have kept me. Thank you, Lord, Father, for blessing my family. Thank you, Lord, for blessing my spouse. Lord, thank you for uh, blessing my business. Thank you, Lord, for blessing our leaders. See how easy it is to give thanks for the smallest little things in our lives? And I'm telling you, Lord, as you continue to profess this out loud, you will continue to want to be more thankful in spite of yourself and others around you. You know that God is above everything uh, because he sits on his throne as sovereign. And I think just in that alone of him um, having us in his thoughts and then creating us through our mother and father, I, we should just say thank you for life. <laughs> if nothing else, thank you for life, Lord. So, hey, in that, let's get going. Let's get going. All right. So the last conversation we had and we're going, of course, we're still in the book of Jonah chapter one. And we spoke last time um, about stop sleeping on your gift. And this goes back to uh, the first chapter around verse five. Yeah, around verse five, where the mariners and Jonah were in a storm. And but Jonah was in the, in a boat sleeping while the uh, other mariners were trying to um, 
get a handle on the boat because of what the storm was doing. And the captain came to Jonah and told him, ask him, you know, why are you asleep? And it's so critical that in the world of things happening today that we are sleeping when we're mostly needed, right? That we feel that as long as everything in our lives is okay, why do we even need to be involved with anything outside of our own silo, right? Um, And the, the, the captain, uh, I, I believe, truly is being used by God in uh, more ways than we can think, not just in asking Jonah, why is he asleep, but trying to prick the spirit of his calling, that is the prophetic calling and office of his life, to get into action. And, you know, that comes in, we, we come into um, our story today on the highs of that, you know, because Jonah then followed up after they had cast the lots, you know, he told them who they, who he was, you know, that I am a believer of God. I am um, a prophet, you know, I am a Jew. I am a part of God's uh, will. And it is so critical for us to make that declaration over our lives that we know whose we are and who we are. With so much surrounding us, good and bad, you know, um, everything in the, in this world is not evil. Uh, what I'm trying to bring a balance to is we can't just keep thinking of evil. There's good out there just as well. So no matter what's going on in our lives, we have to be steadfast, unmovable, um, ever abounding in the word of God, meaning we need to be the stable piece of what's going on. And Jonah knows who he is and knows that he can stop this storm. So we come into... Um, verse 10 of the first chapter, and it says, Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Wow. Man, that that right there, that last sentence, that last verse, that's verse 12. His reply is, in my opinion, just so so nonchalant. It's like, you know, just throw me overboard. I'm good. That's almost how it comes across, right? How many times in our lives have we made that nonchalant statement of, you know what? Case of Ross, whatever happens, happens. And we don't care for our own livelihood. And I have to say, to some degree, it's not that he necessarily cares for their livelihood at all. Because had he had any concern for them, he would have been part of the move of trying to save everybody else's life. But he didn't even have um, a move upon him to care for his own life. And, you know, we tend to find people like that in our lives or not necessarily in our lives, just around our lives that really have no concern for their own well-being. You know, each day is each day. Whatever happens, happens. You know, if I'm here, I'm here. If I'm not, I'm not. Um, and you know, it's an unfortunate state of mind to operate in that way, but not for everybody because the people that have that mindset, they're good, right? They feel that that is their statement. That is their foundation. That's how they're going to live their day. 
Um, the Latin term, I believe, is um, carpe diem, which is live life to the fullest. Well, that's how they're living life to the fullest. You know, whatever happens, happens. It's free. You know, um, that's how my life is going to move. So um, there's no focus on anything outside of self. And even within self, it's like, eh, I don't really care. You know, you ever um, hung around somebody that you asked them, what do you want to do? You know, you want to go here to eat. You want to go there to catch a movie. And their reply is like, eh, I don't really care. That's how I see Jonah coming across is that there's no particular concern and there's no urgency, even in the midst of a tempestuous storm, as the word says, he's not moving. And this is, you know, it's weird to me because he he knows the fear of the other shipgoers. He sees it. I'm sure he can can hear it, um, but it doesn't move him. So let me ask you this: How many times have you heard the cry of other people and you never beckoned to their call? When you knew you had the answer, you had the resource to help. You were the one that can help make a way out of no way, right? And you, in essence, you're God's answer, but yet you are so stuck on yourself that you allow others to fail. Hmm. You know, I, in this world of being a believer, one thing I understand is that you have to learn to operate outside of self. And we call this sacrifice, right? And we don't want to do it because it hurts us. It makes us come out of our comfort zone. And for the most part, I was speaking about this today with a, um, a couple as my wife and I were at um, lunch with a couple. We, for the most part, don't like to be out of our comfort zone, out of our silo, because that then makes us have to deal with life on another level. Right. And this is so. How do I want to say this is so disheartening when we speak about church hurt, there are people coming to the church that are looking to be healed, you know, figure church to be a hospital. They're coming there to be healed, to find the answers, to find rest. And many believers, so-called Christians, are become and or are so religious that they can't see past their own nose to realize that somebody is hurting. And, and, and I have to say that's shame on them and even shame on me if I have ever acted that way. And we have to know that as believers, we need to have the discernment to sit and be quiet to hear somebody else's plea. You know, there's a scripture that says uh, we ask God to incline his ears toward us. Matter of fact, um, if it's in Psalms 141, the beginning of it, that we're asking God, that we're crying out to God and we're wanting him to incline his ears to us. Um, and he's allowed us to have that same ear for others that are crying out. And here is Jonah, the, the one who is really supposed to have the ear, the prophet, right? The prophet of God is supposed to have this ear, but yet he has it closed because he's focused on himself. And is so much focused on himself that he's actually willing to die and go about his death in that fashion. And it's so it's so um, it's just wild to me 
to have that train of thought. So going forward in verse 13, it says, nevertheless, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Okay, hold up right there. Right there. Hold on. Now, in the earlier scriptures, it says that they cried out to their own God. Woo. But now they're crying out to the Lord. What a change of events right there. <laughs> and there's so much in this that they know their gods couldn't solve their issue. And this is lowercase God. Their own idols could not solve the problem that they were in. But they knew the answer because they knew who the who the who was the person that the cause was for, that being Jonah. And they knew that if his God was causing this storm, it was his God that can stop this storm. But yet they and and in that they had they spoke to the one that had the answer, but the one with the answer, Jonah, refused to be the answer. And this is so critical right here in the church realm that they said, okay, bump you, Jonah. We have our own voice. Let's go ahead and cry out to your Lord. Whoo. Talk about salvation. You know, even in the midst of our filthy rags as believers, we still have the opportunity to show non-believers that there is a Christ. But I pray they don't see your filthy rags in that sense, because we are the testament of the church. We may be the only Christ that someone sees that doesn't know him. And it's not that we have to be perfect in the light, but we have to be honest in where we are. And I have to say, Jonah's being very honest in where he is. He's like, you know, the storm throw me over. I really don't care. But they had more concern for their life and his life that they cried out to his God. And in this, it says that they tried to turn back, but they couldn't. God was keeping them in a place until they until Jonah was ready to move. How many times has God kept you in a place until he was ready to move you? Hmm. I, I know that in myself that on my particular job, and I'm sure uh, everyone else that, well, not everyone else, but those that are conscious of it, they have been asking God, what is it that you want me to do in this season, in this place that you have me at my job? Who is it that you want me to speak to? And what is it that I need to say in order for them to know you through me? And, you know, this is so powerful that as we walk as believers of Christ, we're supposed to be the light on the hill, the one that cannot be hid under a bushel, but must be on top of the hill so that the world can see our light. So it means that wherever we're walking, whoever we are speaking to, our light must always go forth. It's not that we have to profess and say, well, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. I'm a lover of the Lord who has saved my soul. Yes, that's all fine and dandy, but many times they want to see the love of Christ through you just by a simple meal that you gave them. I had the opportunity to share the love of Christ in a simple manner of bread uh, earlier this week or last week. That is that uh, someone simply didn't have um, money for food or for lunch that week. And I happened to 
and be, was in the process of heating up my own lunch. And I asked that person if they had anything to eat. And they said no. And I remembered what their reason was. So I just simply said, hey, here's mine. That that was nothing for me because I was moved in love. I hope you, you understand that I was moved by God's love to share what God had given me to this young man. And I know it blessed his soul because he came back and told me thanks. But it wasn't just that he gave thanks. Woo, that's that word, thanks. But I can see that he was touched by it. And that's a big thing for men to uh, show that they've been touched by the move of God. And I tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, there's a reason that you're there. So I need you to get out of yourself so that you can bless the person that needs you. Stop thinking that it's all about you. Stop being in your emotions and get out of self so that you can be the one that is leading them to Jesus Christ who saved you. And here is Jonah wanting to be cast overboard, man overboard. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call this, man overboard. He was ready to go into the storm. I'm sorry, I'm not that person. You know, I was in the Navy for a few years and on the largest ship they have, that being a um, an aircraft carrier and being on one of those is an awesome sight. It really is. It's great to be on it when you see calm seas that are as smooth as silk, but it's another thing to be on that boat when you're going through a storm. And I wouldn't want to jump overboard and be that man overboard because in that, when anyone goes off ship, in that particular instance, they first have to muster everybody to make sure they have an accurate head count while you're floating in the ocean. Nobody's coming for you in, in this instance. No, no, that, that's not how this works. God is calling you to something greater, something greater than yourself. So please be ready. And it goes on to say that, therefore, of course, therefore, they cried out to the Lord, um, in verse 15, it says, so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Once again, the act of salvation that they now gave sacrifice to a Lord that they didn't know beforehand, but only knew through the acts of Jonah, which that in itself wasn't um, in the right heart, but they knew God. If the God is so strong to create the storm. He has the same power to stop the storm. And so what is it that God needed in order for that to be taken, in order for that to happen? God needed Jonah in his place, and he was going to do whatever he had to do to get him to Nineveh. I don't know where you have been in this past time, but God is trying to mold you just as the potter and the clay that he has you on the spinning wheel and he has his hand on you. He's shaping you. He's forming you into the vessel that he needs for his work in his kingdom. This is not about you. He's making you the way he needs. And you are beautiful in this, in any aspect of that word. But he made you beautiful, not just for the look of man, but for the look of his spirit that is going to be in you. God has called you to move. And you have got to get out of self to do so. Many times our actions will either lead somebody to Christ or make them run from Christ. 
I don't know where you are, but I hope that you are leaning into Christ, coming closer to him. I pray this scripture over you. It's John 17, 3. And this says that uh, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This is about covenant. This is about relationship. This is about one-on-one -on -one time with God in his presence, hearing him, seeing him, feeling what he's doing through you. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have been blessed today by our third session of Jonah. Let's talk about it on a mandated podcast. We will continue on uh, coming into chapter two in the next session. I look forward to exploring it. It is so great. Be prepared for the great fish. We'll talk again.